Hello, beautiful. I'm your host, Samantha Roberto, founder of the Vibrancy Method program, and I am honored to be your life and mindset coach today. I believe we are most vibrant when we are authentically ourselves, and quite often, it's our challenging moments in life that shape us to be that best version. I also believe that deep down, we all have an unshakable confidence within us, and sometimes we just need to be reminded of the light within and who we truly are. So here, we share empowered women's stories to highlight the importance of honoring the journey and to learn from their lessons. We've got a great episode for you today, so let's get to it. Okay, guys, I am super, super, super excited to bring you today's guest. This beautiful soul and I met, you know, synchronistically, very synchronistically in a clubhouse room a couple of months back. And she's one of those people, the more you get to meet, the more in awe I become of the the size of her heart and how she lives from a place of anchored service. We're actually just commenting. She's got this beautiful gold heart on right now. And it's really, you know, really symbolic of her heart of gold. So my dear friend, Brianna Greenspan is here and we are going to dive into, you know, a beautiful conversation of the importance of presence and the importance of rituals and the importance of living a life of service. So Brianna, welcome to Hello Beautiful. I feel honored to have you. Oh, it's so nice to be here with you. Hi, Samantha. I I love and adore you. I love your podcast and everything you stand for. So it's super fun to spend this time with you. It's such a cool thing because I mean, Clubhouse has been this phenomenon, this audio-based app for anybody who's, you know, hasn't really heard of it. I'm sure you had, but over the past few months, the people who have been there, it's like you really do get into intimate, beautiful conversations, but you don't often get to see the physical and get this like opportunity for the video as well. So it's so nice to actually be able to put that visual behind your loving energy. And and what I love about Clubhouse is the fact that you can feel the energy in people's voices. You can feel that through their tonality and everything else. So having this video for those of you guys that are watching online, it just adds that extra layer. So thank you. It's so cute. You're absolutely right. And it's so interesting that we have been able to connect in such a meaningful way, Mm -hmm. but this face-to-face, this like physical contact, this relationship uh, building that we used to know of as like the norm has shifted tremendously in the current climate, in uh, the, the various different technology platforms that have been created. And so like the clubhouse is such an interesting one. It's just like, I see your bright, shining face through your profile picture every day. That's true. <laughs> and you know, and after, you know, such a wild year, I mean, 2020 was a doozy. 2020 was a doozy. And what I love about the rooms that you host, um, the miracle morning room. Oh my gosh. Every single day, seven days a week, you were showing up in service to help people understand the importance of daily ritual and daily practice. So to kind of kick off this episode, I want to hear about your story and your journey of finding the miracle morning? What was life like before and how did you find it? Mm, What a beautiful question. (sighs) Life was not good before. Mm -hmm. I'll just be super honest. I grew up very physically and emotionally challenged. I didn't see myself as beautiful. I didn't see myself as having superpowers, unique gifts and skill sets. I I very much so resonated with the narrative that was shared with me from my um from my physician care team and they put a lot of very clear lines in the sands for what I can't I won't and I'll never be able to engage in or accomplish based on the physical challenges that I was born with. And so the first 19 years of my life were complicated. <laughs> it's just so complicated. By the time I was 12, I landed in a back brace that went all the way down my leg and I walked with a limp like like Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion and then I had another one that was like from the top of my rib cage down to my tailbone. Like high, middle school was very cool. Um as you can tell like I was the kid with like a backpack on wheels and like really um which which escalated into wheelchairs, neck braces, handicap placards, assistive assistive devices, medications, and limiting beliefs. And so all of that put together, by the time I was 19, I lost the ability to walk. 
after a failed L5-S1 fusion surgery, which was like the pinnacle of me recognizing that the life that I was living was not the life that I wanted to be living. And if this was the only option, I did not see the point of being alive. And so I just very clearly articulated to my parents, it hurts to breathe, it hurts to move, it hurts to just like show up to life. My body does not give me the, the opportunity to really show up like the other kids. Mm. And, and in that moment, they pulled me out of college. I was a, um, a sophomore in college at that time. And the sophomore year was very difficult because like they had this, I had the handicap placard and they had this golf cart that like golf carted me to class and like like, nonsense on nonsense. And I went through a 378 hour therapy program with the goal of being able to walk up a flight of stairs without any assistive devices or medications. Wow. And now I can. Then I could like literally after this program, I was able to walk up a flight of stairs and that was the turning point of recognizing that there was more out there that I didn't know. There was so much more that I didn't know that I didn't know. And that there was now this awareness of that there's so much out there that I knew I didn't know. And that I was hungry for any modality, ritual, habit, practice, therapy that could mitigate or eliminate any symptom that came up. And this was like a world of difference versus waiting for the next symptom to come, getting kicked in the face, then staying down, waiting for the next thing. Um, And that was really the beginning. So it was pre-HAL, pre-Miracle Morning. That was the beginning. And it was a lot of craniosacral therapy and myofascial release and physical therapy, aqua therapy, and neuro-linguistic programming. He was retraining my brain to recognize that it wasn't a conversation of what I can't, I won't, and what I'll never be able to accomplish, but that the real conversation was that I needed to be focused on what I can, what I will, and when will I accomplish whatever it is that, you know, I had already decided in my limiting belief box that like that was on a shelf and that would never happen. And then I got a phone call from Mr. Hal Elrod and he said, hey, I heard about you. Uh, (laughs) We should be friends. And um, I started coaching with him, actually. I had just yeah. So when was this context-wise? How long when because we're in 2021 right now. So how long ago did this journey start? Because Hal Elrod, for anybody who doesn't know him, he is the author of the Miracle Morning book. He is like, it's like we are behind it. We're gonna get into this, but like it is life changing, life saving. So when okay. when was this conversation? Tell this me. Is gonna, this is like I'm so glad that you asked that. I like gloss over all of this like narrative. However, so I lost the ability to walk in 2007 and 2008 was when I regained that ability to walk. Mm-hmm. And within 5 weeks of regaining that ability to walk in 2008, I got this phone call from Hal Elrod. And he was not who he is today. He had only written a book called Taking Life Head On, which I totally loved because he was hit head on by a drunk driver, dead at the scene. After six minutes, they were able to revive him and Mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. When he woke up from the coma, they said he'd never walk again. And he said, I respectfully disagree. And the the doctors told his parents that he wasn't understanding the severity of his situation. And he said, no. I got it. If I'll be in a wheelchair the rest of my life, I'll be the happiest guy in a wheelchair ever. Just don't tell me the day I wake up from a coma, it's my only option. Ooh. And he was like, if I fail, I fail. But like, what if I tried? And what if I created a new realm of possibilities? And so because I knew that story about him, when he called me, I was like, Oh, we're destined to be best friends. Oh, for sure. You want to be my coach? I would love for you to be my coach. Mm. And and then he challenged me to do this thing called the Miracle Morning. And there was no book. There was no movement. There was nothing. There was just like 10 of us doing this thing. And at that moment, I was a hard no. I just very articulately said, hey, when I wake up in the morning, I don't know how I'm going to feel. My first few hours, I I really feel like someone's harming me, like someone's hit me with a car, like it hurts to breathe, it hurts to move. I'm I'm very much so struggling. 
And he just flat out said, I accept that. And what if, what if you changed the way you showed up to your own life and it changed the way you experienced life? And it was like a chapter in my world ended and a whole new book was, was like the first page was being written. <laughs> Like one book closed, another book opened. Oh, and I just want to highlight that because that is so beautiful. That acceptance, like right there, the fact that he said, I accept that. And what if, because oftentimes, you know, there, there can be like a defense. It could be like, oh no, you should, or you shouldn't do this. But coming to any challenge from an energy of acceptance, it's like, that's really what it takes to hold the space for transmutation and for things to really shift. It's, it's that subtle open arm acceptance for what is. And then from that place, look out. Yeah. And, and it was like, look out world. So in my, <laughs> and, and this was fascinating because like most people, I, I, I was aware of what exercise was. I was aware of what reading was. I was aware of what journaling was, but this silence sitting with myself, not that familiar with this concept at that point. Um, affirmations, like I was aware of this, like positive mindset shift from, from this uh, therapy program, but I was not really aware of like declaring affirmations and Mm -hmm. then visualization. I had no frame of reference for this. I was like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Um, and in my first miracle morning, in my first visualization, Mm -hmm. I saw that if I did some version of positive habit stacking, I'd never spend another 24 hours in bed or in a hospital ever again. And that was 13 and a half years ago. And I haven't spent 24 hours in bed or in a hospital ever again. And so I'm a super fan. (laughs) And I, I helped, you know, as it became like a movement, I really helped create uh, the momentum there. And then eventually many years later, like in 2012, the December of 2012, uh, a book came out and I helped support that book launch. And then, uh, and then, and then, and then, and now it's a global phenomenon. There's millions of people who do the miracle morning. The book's been translated into 37 languages, but through the journey, mm-hmm. I was so aware that this was something that I needed to champion for myself Mm-hmm. that I needed to champion for those who asked for support and that I needed to really be the cheerleader of for Hal if he ever um, got uh, discouraged because yeah. when we show up for ourselves, it changes the whole world. Mm-hmm. And I recognized that early on and was like, I'm in. <laughs> Where do I opt in? I'm already subscribed. Let's go. It's like, you're the fire behind it. Like, you know where this is going. Oh my gosh. You know what? It's so funny. Cause in clubhouse, you hear like little parts of people's stories, but I never heard your story. So I'm sitting here in complete awe. And also it just like, it makes so much sense because like I was saying, you have such a gold heart anchored in service. And I really do feel like you being at that point where physically your body almost shut down and and built yourself up from that point. It's like, you've got, you can be the champion for anything, anyone, any place, anywhere. Let's go. So no better person to, to really be that cheerleader to help other people, you know, be able to step into their power too. I'm, I'm amazed. Yeah. And, and actually I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And it's been such an interesting journey because you know, I've met so I mentor a lot of kids with chronic and terminal illness, and they just like the first in the first stage, it's always like, I wish I could be more like those kids. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I feel X. Yet, as we evolve and really start to unpack the lessons within the experiences, mm-hmm. you know, for me personally, I've learned that it's the most challenging times of my life where I learned, where I grew, where I was able to really evolve my consciousness and evolve my level of compassion, my level of um, intimacy, my level of integrity, my level of depth, my level of um, awareness Mm -hmm. of my role in the world Mm -hmm. and my level of gratitude, the level of empathy. And so all of these various attributes were developed or strengthened as a result of what on the surface 
seems like a really not ideal situation. Mm-hmm. Yet now I look back and like, and I won't, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, what I experience still happens. Like mm-hmm. every single day is different and it's also progressive. And so I witnessed my mom, she's 30 years older. And so I witness her and how this, the, the condition shows up for her. And it also just propels me forward to find more rituals, habits, modalities that it's like, okay, you had a seizure. And how do you respond to that? Okay. You had a this. And how do you respond to that? Okay. You had a reaction. How do you respond to that? What are the ways in which I can really show up, evaluate the lessons in real time? Like, there's this, I'm just going to digress for a moment, but there was this moment on Clubhouse and like, you know, in the room, I have quite a few moderators, like yeah. there's four or seven or 10 of, <laughs> 10 of us. And there was one day that I had a seizure in the room and, and I was like, not able to talk, but I could think. And after like a moment or two, I could move, I could, I could really think. And so I messaged somebody and I was like, please help. <laughs> and the, like the next five minutes, I was dealing with myself. Yeah. Yet the whole space was able to be held by all these extraordinary people. And so nobody else knew what was going on. And then I said, oh my gosh, I'm like, t- I said to that person, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. I just had a seizure. Thanks so much for holding down the fort. And he's like, you what? It's <laughs> like, oh, it's kind of normal. And it, and it blew his mind because the narrative surrounding dramatic or traumatic situations is that you get knocked over and you stay down. Mm. Yet I created a new narrative for myself that things happen and I am able to find the not only lessons, but the support, whether that's diaphragmatic breathing or, you know, biofeedback or, 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 or there's, there's a laundry list of my toolbox mm-hmm. for every single symptom. And sometimes I have two or three or five different things I can do for every issue situation that comes about. And that's really been my, my consistent learning journey. It's like, Oh, whatever happens now I need to go and research and learn. And then, so, so empowering, so empowering for you to show up like that. And, and also too, you know, you said it there, how do you respond to that? Like something's going to happen. How am I going to respond? Cause it really goes back to the reaction of the response, you know, whether you're reacting or responding and responding is that quality of awareness. It's like realizing that you do have a choice, no matter what things are happening, you do have a choice. And within that choice, there's power. Yes. Yes. There's so much power. And that was one of the things that I didn't realize my entire childhood. I gave my power away in in the sense I also lost my awareness of how beautiful I was on the inside. And as a result, you know, it took me years and years and years to get comfortable in my own skin, to not be nervous or uncomfortable. Like I, if you like, if you see me in real life, when I see you in real life, (laughs) if you see me in real life, like there are things that people are like, oh, what's that? Like, ah, this thing. <laughs> like, there are things on my, like, I'm sensitive. And so I have, like, I'm very sensitive. If you touch me, I bruise or break out and, you know, whatever. And so as a result, there's been a lot of this unpacking of like, what is beautiful? What is my beauty mm. um, internally and externally, even if it looks different than someone else's? Yeah, I love that. You know, Okay. I love that you just said that. It just sort of hit home for me because, you know, oftentimes we think of like, well, what is success? Success can be different to so many different people, but like that same question to what is beautiful, you know, and what is beauty and unpacking that, you know, what I would love to know, you know, what is beautiful to you? Yeah. Well, on the surface, like each and every one of us have this natural beauty, this natural essence. Mm -hmm. And so I actually went on a mission this is like a, I digress, but five years ago, I stopped wearing all makeup. Nice. And I just told myself, and, and it wasn't like I was so self-righteous and like, I liked makeup. I just, I would have a lot of um, allergic reactions in my eyes mm-hmm. and then I wouldn't be able to see the next day. And it was just like a really not ideal scenario, especially like if I had things to do the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, at one point, <laughs> yes, just like that. <laughs> So at one point I just, um, started to say, you know, you're beautiful just the way you are. Oh, 
Say it again. Sure. You are beautiful just the way you are. However you were created. Yeah, everything is right about how you were created. Like, yes. And and it's just like a yes and a heck yes. And a like, you smile at yourself and you got this and like, you're beautiful. And so then it evolved into me having a developing this confidence and awareness of this inner beauty mm-hmm. and of this external beauty mm-hmm. that I didn't notice because I was masking it or disregarding it because I didn't see myself as like, oh, you're gorgeous. Like, oh, like, look how beautiful you are. And so then because I was acknowledging your or someone else's beauty, I would in turn put up a filter or a mask for uh, for me. And so like, even when we got on this call, I was like, oh, you're so beautiful. And you said, I'm a mirror. Mm. Literally were affirming and so am I. Mm -hmm. which is something that I didn't do for myself Mm -hmm. for so many years. And so it's just this beauty, like there's beauty in friendship, there's beauty in collaboration, there's internal beauty that we all have. Mm -hmm. And when we empower not only ourselves, but empower those around us, we allow for the natural beauty to shine through. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about your podcast in your essence is that like, not only are you so beautiful internally and externally, but you allow for that natural beauty, that fire inside to emerge from all of the people that you choose to be in community with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's called hello, beautiful. And it's like beautiful, but being you, like it's really embracing your authentic, vulnerable self and realizing that sometimes, you know, those quirky or shameful or things like things that we, we can tend to hide or dim. It's like, that's actually where the magic lies. So I love it. I love where this conversation's going. And uh, I just want to repeat for everyone who's listening, you are beautiful. Like allow yourself this acceptance of fully feeling, you know, the, the beauty of the moment, the beauty in yourself. One thing I used to say a couple of years ago, and I, I still live with this mantra, you know, I really want to have a beautiful life. And I do that by having a beautiful day. And that beauty comes in so many different ways. It comes in, you know, in smiling at strangers. It comes in buying myself fresh cut flowers. It comes in allowing myself to be cry and be angry and be sad. It, it comes in, you know, going with the flow and, and just really being, I think beauty comes in awareness and just being connected to presence in the present moment. Cause like all of a sudden life goes vibrant when you, when you are fully here. Yeah. And it's such a gift. It's a gift that we can give ourselves each yeah. and every day, but we're so unaware. Mm-hmm. Like I was never taught if I looked in the mirror and smiled at myself and said, I love you. Everything is right about you. You are beautiful. Mm-hmm. What amazing, beautiful things are you going to co-create or invite in today? Yes. Like, my adult life is so much richer and more vibrant and kinder mm-hmm. and more depth filled because it's not like I have like I magically manifested more time in my life. I magically manifested the time that I have being used in the most effective manner versus two to five to seven hours of comparison games to somebody else or comparison to, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so when, you know, this, I love that you say, be you to full. Like, how can we be you? The, the most amazing thing that we can gift to the world is ourselves, mm-hmm. but not ourselves as we're trying, like myself, when I'm trying to be you is probably awesome, but not as awesome as myself when I'm just being me. Amen. <laughs> Amen, sister. I'm here with you. Fully. And uh, like, it's the biggest gift. Like you said, it's a gift you can give to yourself, but then also you give that gift to the world because like you just mentioned the reflection, it's like, this is what you're carrying within you. This is what the light you give. And the more that you embody you, you, you shine. So, oh, I love it. There's an affirmation to share, which is in my coloring book. And it says the greatest gift I can give to others is to fulfill my potential so that I can show them how to fulfill theirs. Like, it's not literally like the coaching game of let me tell you how to do it. It's literally us just individually being ourselves, standing in our own authentic power and Mm -hmm. others saying, oh, if she can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. If she can be courageous, I can be courageous. Modeling. That's why I meet so many parents and they say, oh, my kids don't listen to what I say. They listen and replicate what I do. 
And, you know, if you really want to inspire those around you, just show up Mm -hmm. as yourself Mm -hmm. in your own integrity. Mm-hmm. And I witness myself like ebbing and flowing. Sometimes I'm in spaces where my values or my choices are like very jarring from other people's. Mm-hmm. And if there's a lot of people that they're in one, you know, headspace mm-hmm. and I'm over here in another headspace, mm-hmm. I sometimes compromise to fit in. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it's just another awareness point and lesson about like where is the line of how much we want to shine. And when we dim ourselves, what is the real underlying reason? Mm-hmm. And is that a choice consciously mm-hmm. or subconsciously? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of questions I ask myself every day. <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, there's so much courage in, in being there and really staying in your authentic truth. And I think, you know, what naturally happens, you know, there may be some resistance. And actually, you mentioned resistance earlier when it was like trying new things and getting into the miracle morning. There was a resistance there. And resistance is so normal. So even resistance to walking your own path. But what happens time and time again, I've seen it through and through. If you can just stay true to your authentic nature eventually you you sort of not I don't want to say overcome the resistance, but you, you reach this point where you just become it. And then those people who are in that other group embodying that other thing, they start looking over and they're like, instead of you even telling them like you should do this or you have to do that, they're drawn to you energetically because they can sense that quality within you. And it's like they're curious, you know, how can I do this too? And I think that's a quality of a true, true leadership in a sense is just embodying that energy, that belief, that whatever, so that you don't even have to physically, even verbally saying it because there's this energy within you. That's just light. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's what you just articulated is a lesson that I've been learning for years. Yeah. So, you know, my highest hope is that others can learn it sooner so they can shine brighter for longer. So gorgeous. So beautiful. And, uh, and one thing too, with, with the, comparison game, you know, I always say, if you spot it, you got it. So if you see somebody, you're like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. It's because it's within you too. So anything you find, whenever there's comparison, I always feel there's a gift in that because there's a part of you that's maybe underdeveloped, that's looking to be dialed up in that. So I just have to contribute to that thread line. I often say, you know, if you really want to compare yourself, compare yourself to yourself, Mm -hmm. compare yourself to where were you last week, last month, and last year. Mm-hmm. And evaluate where are you going to be next week, next month, and next year based on how you show up. Mm-hmm. And people are like, wow, I thought comparison was an external game. And if it's an external game, the way you just described it, it's because we're mirroring mm-hmm. this part of ourselves that's within us that needs to be developed. Mm-hmm. Then we get to ask ourselves this question, how are we going to show up today in order to bring out that thing that we see that we know is already there? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And so I would love to, because I feel like one of the best ways to tap into this quality and to tap into this essence really comes through rituals and practice practices. And so the miracle morning, it really is this phenomenon that has created a framework to help sort of like, um, I don't want to say capitalize, but just really hone in and, and harness practices that are honestly life-changing. So I would love for you to share, you know, because people are probably, some people may be familiar, some people may be familiar with it. Some may have never heard of it before. I'd love for you to share what is the miracle morning and share with the more about the savers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like the whole essence is what would it look like? Oh my gosh, your cup is so cute. It's <laughs> <so> beautiful. <laughs> and there's a oh, kind yeah. of lipstick all on it. <laughs> the whole is what would your life look like if you did something good for yourself, followed by something good for yourself, followed by something good for yourself. And you're like a queen at this. You've got the glow up movement and like that's literally habit stacking at its finest. And so the miracle morning, it's not novel. It's there's nothing like something that like Hal invented. He literally just researched what the world's most successful thought leaders attribute their success to. And what he learned is that no matter what category people are successful thought leaders, the one thing that they all have in common is that they said the way they start their day dictates everything else. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted to know how are people actually starting their day? And there were so many different things that people said, like, this is my key to success. This is, you know, it's Tai Chi, it's yoga, it's, you know, whatever. And he realized the six most popular categories were the savers when he calls them the life savers, silence, 
affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. That's it. And so within each of those categories, the category is super broad, silence, that could be breath work, that could be meditation, that could be prayer and devotional, that could be, you know, cold shower, whatever. But it's really just identifying what are the things that fill up your cup in each of the categories and doing them for a bare minimum of one minute, ideally more. But I, I invite people on a regular basis to start with a six minute saver. And even to start with one saver and then build yourself up. Like if you're just reading for six minutes where you weren't before some personal development book, that's great. If you're just going on a walk and listening to an audiobook, you're just, you know, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my miracle morning looks very different every day. I'll just okay. be super honest that the only thing that's a non-negotiable is that I'm going to give myself some time and space before I show up to answer emails, before I show up to like do all the other things. I'm It's a non-negotiable that I'm pouring into Brie first. Yeah. Yet what I do, how long I do it, it's a variables. Yeah. And so some days it's a 20 minute meditation. Some days it's a four minute meditation. Some days it's some breath work, whatever. Some mm-hmm. days it's physical therapy. Some days it's a walk on the beach. Some days, you know, and the, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. Yet when we are committed to showing up for ourselves, mm-hmm. we can actually find different practices. Oh, I loved that thing. Okay, great. Well, why don't you incorporate it into your day for five minutes in the morning? And so you know, I know I meet so many people that say, oh, I love bike riding or rollerblading or, you know, reading this book or, you know, saying these affirmations, but I don't have the time. Well, you know, the Miracle Morning Invitation is wake up a little bit earlier than you normally do. Pour into yourself before you go out and serve the world. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Well, then, you you know, you end up, you know, serving from an overflowing cup, you know, so many people, when you wake up and you go to just like, you know, groggy out of bed, hit the snooze button, go to the coffee machine, you're already emptying on like a, you know, maybe a quarter tank. It's like, how do you expect that quarter tank to really pull you through? Whereas if you take that time, you do those savers in the morning, you are literally, you know, filling up your tank with like diesel gas, like something that's going to last a lot longer and it's going to pull you through and you'll be able to show up for the people that you love, for your coworkers, for, you know, their strangers in the street with this elevated energy again, like we were speaking earlier, the frequency, this elevated vibrancy. And all of a sudden, you know, you're just a happier more present human. <laughs> it's not, not, it's not rocket science. You're speaking my language. That's what I always say. Fill up your cup so that you can go out and serve those that you love and those that you leave from a generous place of overflow versus an unfortunate place of depletion. Because like what people don't understand is that it's actually not selfish when we're able to give the best parts of ourselves away. But Mm -hmm. if we're running on fumes all the time, when we give, like I know a lot of selfless people that are overgivers and they're running themselves ragged. It's one, not sustainable. Two, they're not able to make as big of an impact. Mm-hmm. And three, it's it's not modeling how others can sustainably serve because they've been served. And so it's it's a threefold benefit when we give ourselves that time to develop, personally develop. Yeah. So and sometimes people need to see that, like being able to look at it from that lens because you know often it can be hard for people to actually put themselves first, but you can do it for your kids or for your husband or your, for this. So realizing that it's kind of for everybody, it's like you doing your part. And I think it's like, honestly, for me, I live on an energetic currency. I think like energy is the most real reality. Like none of the other stuff really matters. So as long as I can get into that space of being connected energetically, it's like, I'm good. (laughs) None of the other stuff really matters because I know it's working itself out. We're good here. So I want to, I want to quickly, um, speaking of service, because you, I mean, you show up, like I said, day after day and you are in service on clubhouse. And I feel like it's just something it's at the forefront of the way that you live your life. Can you share what you feel is in the power of showing up at being in service? What is the power of it? Oh, this is a good question. Oh, this is good. You know, people often tell me that I'm a karma billionaire. Yeah, you are. I didn't jump down on that. <laughs> like, and it's it's really and it and it really stems from my childhood. I asked myself at one point, how could I show up for others in a way that I didn't receive that as a kid? Mm. How could I take the parts that I did receive that meant the most 
mm-hmm. and amplify them. Mm-hmm. And it's led me to so many different places. Yet, you know, when people ask me like, what do you do? The simplest answer is I just do all the good I can and all the ways I can at all the times I can for all the beings I can as often as I can. And because I'm like the energy flow girl, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm a trust the process girl. So when it goes in ways that I couldn't have, you know, processed or created in my own narrative, I'm open to the possibilities of who I'm meant to serve and when and for how long and, and it it creates this richness, this mm-hmm. uh, unfolding that I couldn't have written on my own. Love it. And I know that the driving force is I don't want people to feel alone or less than. Mm-hmm. I felt so alone and so less than for so many years. And it leads to dimming the minimal light that you already have mm-hmm. shining. It's like, oh, well, the the light was dim, but it was bright. It was there. Let me just put a filter over it. Mm. And mm-hmm. when we consciously put a filter over something versus turn up the flame, it's not serving the world. Mm-hmm. And so um, mm-hmm. my highest gift of service is to be able to, to support the turning up that flame for those around me who, you know, are just, they're all just waiting mm-hmm. to be activated, waiting to be seen, waiting to be validated by anyone. And I want to add in there, I feel like people are, it's innocently waiting because those parts of us that keep us plain small or keep us dim or keep that filter, you know, I feel that it's coming from a place of safety. It's coming from a part of us just trying to keep us safe. So again, with the acceptance, just like Hal had asked, you know, met you and said, I totally get it. Like in, in the beginning, it's that acceptance of realizing that those parts aren't bad. They're actually trying to operate from a place of safety but they don't have to be in the driver's seat, you know, so you can meet them where they're at. You can acknowledge them and you can be like, you know what? I'm going to choose a little bit different and we're going to go over here and trust life because what the mind can conceive, it's like the, the mind is so powerful, but also so limited in a sense, you know, like what if life could turn out even better, like way better than you could imagine if you just learned to trust and surrender. I know. <laughs> That's why there's a song by Rob Ricardo. It's called, when will I learn? I almost said it's called trust the process. <laughs> it's called when will I learn? And it says, when will I learn that I've got this? Mm. When will I learn to trust the process? And, you know, sometimes I play it on repeat and I just remind myself, this is my moment to learn. This is my work to learn. Mm-hmm. And every time I'm like in my own head, calculating moves of, a, you know, whatever. It's like, and what if I just trusted the process and let that book unfold? there's so much power in letting go and actually speaking of books because you're talking about trust in the process and books I know you co-authored a miracle morning coloring book which is really cool so I would love for you to share about that oh my gosh it's so cute I honestly wrote it for myself it's secretly a positive psychology workbook that teaches people how to shift their subconscious programming by elevating their environment. And here's the deal. I mean, you know this, so this is for the audience. Like you need to say or read something 10,000 times in order to create a new neural pathway. So like, get this. Let's say you're a consistent miracle morning practitioner. You say your affirmation every single morning. That's 365 times. You're not even going to scratch the surface of creating a new neural pathway, especially if you have all this limiting belief narrative happening in your own life. And so I thought, what if we were able to put things in our environment, on our mirror, our locker, our desk, our wall, our office, mm-hmm. in our hospital bed, in our hospital room that created a new possibility. And so I, I mentor a lot of kids and teens with chronic and terminal illness. And I thought, how could I create something so that they, when they were, when they're told you're dying, that's an opinion. That's just an opinion. When they own it and say, I'm dying, it's a completely different, it's a completely different shift. Yeah. And so, and like I often say, yes, you are dying. It's the only thing that anyone can guarantee. Every single one of us will leave this earth at one point. However, what we do while we're here is the only thing that matters. And we don't know when that day is going to come. And nobody can dictate that day for us because the truth is nobody really knows. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to create a positive psychology workbook for 
people in hospitals Mm -hmm. and how, you know, we, we were best friends. We worked, you know, worked closely together. I was advising him and he was like, well, what if, what if we made this miracle morning coloring book that taught families how to create a structured morning routine centered around the savers and the charms, which is the kids version, creativity, health, affirmations, reading, meditation, and service. And he said, and what if we added in some mindfulness? And so we added in um, sensory clarity, equanimity, and concentration power, which are the three skills that you develop during a mindfulness practice. And the way for someone to create a new neural pathway for them to be start engaging in mindfulness, it's invaluable. And so it's kind of a coloring book for your kids, for you to teach you something, to create a new neural pathway. My highest hope is that you destroy the whole book. My highest hope is that like, it doesn't stay a book that you literally tear out the pages, frame them, give them away, laminate them, put them all over. There's a lot of interactive pages, but the point is when we say those words once, that's cool. When we speak those words every day, we are expanding Mm. not only our life, but the life that we have to enrich of those around us. So beautiful. That sounds like a super coloring book. (laughs) It's not just a coloring book. It's like, can you just give us a visual? Let's just take a look. It's so cute. It's so cute. So this Uh is it. This character did all of my artwork and I superimposed his whole family on the cover because I love them so much. His name is Paul. And so, you know, like the first page, it's so, it's so beautiful. It says, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be to learn what I need to learn in order to become the person I must be to create the life I want. And every single page has these beautiful messages, these like a little TED talk, if you will, that's reinforcing the affirmation. Mm -hmm. So we have affirmations like, I believe in my potential, Mm -hmm. not in my past. Mm -hmm. I give up being perfect Mm -hmm. for being authentic. Mm -hmm. You know, I am where I am, mm-hmm. who I was, but where I go depends entirely on who I choose to be. I love the life I have while I create the life of my dreams. I don't have to choose one or the over the other. And every single one of these affirmations really, you know, like when I say I am where I am because of who I was, but where I go depends entirely on who I choose to be. I ask myself, who do you choose to be today? Are you choosing to be courageous, beautiful, resilient, capable? Who, who are you choosing to be, Brianna? And that's a question that we each get to ask ourselves because it's who we choose to be today mm-hmm. that will determine our level of ability to contribute, our level of awareness, our level of consciousness tomorrow and beyond. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so funny because... <laughs> Like speaking of resistance too, it's like, you know, like all of this, there's so much love. It's anchored in so much love. Like, who are you choosing to be? Like, that is such an empowering thought. Yet, oftentimes when someone could hear that, the resistance may come up. Well, what do you mean? I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I got this. And actually, you know, to pull it back around, you know, welcome the resistance, realize that it's there and then kind of come back to who are you choosing to be? It's such a powerful question. And when you realize that you are making that choice and hearing a story like you, like being in a wheelchair, not being able, you know, at a point where you were told you're not going to like, this is your life. This is your symptoms. This is what's going to happen choosing that it wasn't going to be, and you weren't going to subscribe to it and that you visualize yourself free of all of that. So powerful because it really puts in context, you know, and I think like through personally my journey, cause I did a lot of traveling. So for my awakening and my perspectives really shifted when I went and just immersed myself in the world. And I remember going to countries where, you know, the, there was like, literally we were in this boat in Cambodia going up the Mekong river and we like pull off and it was like bushes. Like you would think it was like nothing. It was a public transit boat. And then a family would jump off and then they'd run into the bush and they had like ripped up clothes and not much. And they go in. And I remember this moment realizing like, they literally have nothing yet. They have everything. Like you could see the joy in their smiles. You could see them playing. You could see different, like, like it was just this perspective of like, you know, the, and then I would come back to Canada and I would look at my life and I think the things that I put so much 
weight into? Like, does that really matter? You know, checking those society boxes, is that really the most important? Does that really, you know, is that really the essence of life? What am I going to choose to subscribe to? Is this important? And and that's when I let go and shed a lot of my personal beliefs and a lot of the things. And um, we all have choice of what's important. Yeah. And what's a, what's important today yeah. may serve its purpose. Yeah. It may not be important tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, part of that trusting the process is really recognizing that we evolve mm-hmm. and that, that we don't need to hold on to iteration or evolution number one, because mm-hmm. iteration evolution number 10, 20, 50 is coming. Yeah. Like even who I was, like when we met, it was crazy when we met because Jesse had asked me, our dear friend, Jesse Harless, you were so graciously hosting a room for him and his amazing new book. He had asked me to join the room and I was still shy to use my voice then. Um, this is like six weeks into me doing this, into, into using my voice. And, and I thought about it and I would, it's just what transpired in the moments before that interaction. Mm-hmm. As I sit here, what is this, June? Are we in June? We're in June. It's <laughs> June 11th when we're recording this. <laughs> yeah, June 11th. We're sitting here in June. And I think to myself, I'm an entire book further than I was in February. Mm-hmm. That's oh, only a few short months. Yet I didn't write another chapter and add another chapter on and add three or four more chapters. I finished a book and started another one. Like I'm literally a whole nother person from where I was then. And, you know, I didn't used to understand like, oh, how do people evolve so quickly? Well, the more work we do, the more inner work we do, the more contribution that we offer to the world coupled with the inner work really mm-hmm. propels us in a way that I don't know of many other things that have propelled me in my future as much as the inner work and contribution. Mm-hmm. Yet I'm open to learning about others. And I think as long as you show up and you do that inner work and you <laughs> trust and surrender that life can be beautiful and life can be a gift and you never really know where you're going, it keeps you that lens like open. It keeps you open for the gifts that are there because I mean, let's get real. Life's a gift. It's the biggest gift, you know, and it's not in the the things that we may think it's in. Like I was sharing earlier in the material things or in this and that, you know, it's really in just being in the moment, being present and, uh, you know, really just like you had said, showing up as your best version so that you can share that gift and share your gifts with the world. So Brianna, oh my gosh, my dear, this hour flew Bye. <laughs> Where I'm sure people are going to want to follow up with you. Where is the best place for anybody listening or anybody curious to find you or to learn more about the Miracle Morning? Well, you can learn more about the Miracle Morning at miraclemorning.club. Well, I- and you can find me on the club. No. Find <laughs> so, um, me in the club. That was never a sentence before Clubhouse. Find me in the club. Uh every single day from seven to nine some central. Some days hanging out with Samantha. And, um, you know, I'm on Instagram, Brie Green 1111. I got a website. It's my name. Um, yeah, but I'm just so grateful for you and who you are and how you show up in the world and what you represent and the way that you are so graciously showcasing what's possible when you live in your own integrity. You're not like preachy. You're just living in your own integrity and modeling for others what they can step into as well. And so it's been an honor and privilege to spend this time with you and to learn and grow from you over the last, learn and grow with you over the past few months. And I can't wait for what our future holds when we meet in real life. As we will, as we will. And thank you, my dear. I, uh, I appreciate it. And I see the same light in you. And last thing I just want to kind of throw out there, because I know a couple months ago, we talked about you possibly doing a podcast, a Miracle Morning podcast. Is that still a project that's in the works? One day. So I did a podcast with Hal and then I got a little bit nervous. And so I haven't actually taken over his podcast, but Um, I've also heard a lot of feedback from other people saying like, it's so great how you support the Miracle Morning, which I do. And I'm like the biggest fan of yet. 
they've said consistently, I get this message a lot. <laughs> um, you're so much more than how you develop yourself personally. When are you going to have your own podcast? And exactly. So, <laughs> uh, I, I knew that was coming. So I, I've heard this from others as well. And um, it's definitely something that I think as, as I evolve in this new, ch- in this new book, if you will, you know, I'll write another chapter and it'll, one will involve podcasting yet. I'm already so much further than I was just a few years ago. Like I was a hard no to every podcast. And there were certain podcasts that like, I'd I'd get so nervous before talking and then I'd stutter a lot. And then I'd ask, Oh, can we redo the episode? True story. And this, before this podcast, I took some deep breaths. I was like, rock on Brianna, you should drink some water. And I, I didn't have any of that fear or angst. And so I, I'm already seeing how much I'm evolving. Mm-hmm. And I hope you st- keep asking me about the podcast. Thing. I will. I'll stay on it. Don't worry. One day it'll come out. You'll remember it. <laughs> my dear. Oh, gonna, you'll be my first episode. We'll talk about Thank it. you. Yeah, I'll come out. I'll be a guest on yours. We've got it in the future. So <laughs> thank you, my dear. Sending you all of the love. I so appreciate you. And for anybody interested, we're going to have all of our contact info in the show notes. I really appreciate you. Thanks for listening. If you love today's episode, we have many more amazing topics to come. So make sure to subscribe to never miss a beat. And since you made it this far, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Samantha Roberto and tell me what was your biggest takeaway? I want to know if you're looking for even more support, make sure to check out samantharoberto.com for more information about my coaching packages and stay tuned because next week we have another incredible episode being dropped. And don't worry if you're super eager, we have a whole bunch of binge worthy life-changing episodes already posted so you can keep going there. Remember you are most beautiful when you are you. So turn up your light and shine and we'll see you next week. Thank you.